What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project podcast. I'm your host, Eric Antonson. This is Foiling Episode 10. It's a big deal, I guess. Uh, Today's guest on the show is Billy Ackerman. Billy Ackerman is with F1. Um, He's the brand manager for North America. He's also an incredible kite surfer and now foil surfer. And he's the first guest on the show to come into foil surfing um, with a predominant kite background. He's also a good shortboard surfer and stand-up surfer. um, But he would say and does on the show that his best board sport is kiting. And so his perspective is interesting to anyone who's going to be coming into the sport of foil surfing from kiting. And that brings up a good note. I'd like to know who is listening. So if you guys want to shoot me a message on Instagram, the.progression.project, and uh, let me know you know what your background is and what you're interested in hearing. So I've been getting a lot of feedback. A lot of folks uh, in the industry are listening, and a lot of folks who are getting into the sport of foiling are listening. And if you have questions uh, that you'd like asked on the show or guests explored, let me know. Do you like the tech conversations more, like the last one we had with Cliffy from Unifoil? Do you like um, story type stuff more? You know, I just recorded, which will come out after the show, with uh, Paul from the Lost Boys Foil Club, and that show is going to be really fun to listen to. Just uh, let me know what you guys like. I've also gotten some uh, requests, and I'm in some conversations right now to you know ride some gear and then have designers and uh, brands come on and, and discuss the gear, which I'm super stoked on doing. You know, I'm a I love testing everything. I did that in the stand-up world. You know, rode 20, 30 boards, broke it all down, and I love doing that stuff. So I'd be happy to to ride gear and then have a conversation about what makes that gear awesome. I think that's really fun to do. And I think that folks who are listening, um, you know, foils aren't cheap. So you want to make sure that you're getting the right one. And so I think that those conversations will help people. So let me know. Uh, This show is brought to you by Blue Zone Sup Camp and Foil Surf Camp. Um, Check out Foil Surf Camp online. Chase Kostelitz um, runs the, the camp down in Costa Rica now. It's something I started about five years ago. And he's taken it over in the last two years. He's doing a great job. So we will be offering some intro to foiling weeks, intro to surf foiling. So don't come down green. You want to come down with a little bit of background. You want to be able to fly and take those skills into the ocean. So maybe from a downwind background uh, or a wake um, foiling background. That would be that would be interesting. So check it out on Instagram, Foil Surf Camp. Um, check out what Chase is doing. I'll be in and out of a few of those camps. I won't be at all of them. I'll probably be at a couple next year. Uh, And all right, let's jump in with Billy Ackerman. Billy, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, Clarify exactly what your role is with F1 before we get going. I'm sure I ruined that for you. (laughs) No, it's all good. Uh, So yeah, I work for the North America Distribution. So we have um, USA, Hawaii, Caribbean, in parts of South America, and we're the distributor for F1 and Monero Brands, uh, which is the same owner. Um, I am the sales and marketing manager for that territory, uh, so I work here at the offices in San Francisco, California. Right on. And your background? Would you say that your your best, longest board sport is uh, kite surfing? Yeah, I, I came into working with F1 from the kite surfing side of things. Um, grew up in Florida. I uh, come from a water skiing, sailing background. Um, my dad was always a windsurfer, um, and I was more the wakeboarder, and I was like, Dad, 
too much gear. I, I just want to go kiting. It was more simplistic, a lot more versatile. And, um, yeah, I've always been more into the kite surfing side of things. I mean, towing around on my surfboard all stems from kind of a surfing background. Um, but yeah, so went to college in Jacksonville, Florida and didn't have a boat at the time. So the kite was the next best answer. Um, especially with some Northeasterns. I know you're familiar with the Jacksonville area. Oh yeah. Um, I'm looking out right now and it's like two foot, it's foil-tastic out back right now. It's just crumbling on the bar. So as soon as we wrap this up, I'm going to get the, the last of the, the last of the little nuggets out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to, to Nate who, uh, I guess rides for F1. I guess he's one of the better kiteboarders in the area here. I foil with him all the time, rides F1 foils. So I know he'll be listening to this one. Yeah, Nate Choi is a man. Uh, he's uh, kind of our East Coast rep and rider. Um, he's a great guy. Always yeah. fun to share time with him on the water. Right on, man. All right, so let's start with the kite to foil. This is a foil show, so let's start with the kite to foil transition. Um, you're the. This is going to be the first conversation. I'm not in any – I've done maybe 10 total hours of kiting. Um, there's so much consequence. It just seemed like – a bad idea to do by myself here. Um, I think it looks rad though. And, uh, but we haven't really had that conversation on the show yet. So, so talk through, you know, did you foil in kiting? Um, what did you bring across, you know, break it down for folks who are in kiting, who are interested in getting into foiling. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I always came from, you know, riding surfboard strapless on a kite. Uh, that was always my passion. Um, and then, you know, you know, very well in Florida, you know, summertime, the winds are light. Um, and then when foils came to be, you know, really started hitting the kite scene in 2010 to 12, somewhere in there, um, it kind of really opened up the possibilities of the lighter wind and getting on the water, you know, more days on the water. Uh, I know North Florida gets up to like, you know, 10, 12 knots in the evenings and then kind of backs off out of the Southeast all summer long. And that's, you're really not going to go anywhere on a traditional surfboard or twin tip with a kite. So the foils really opened up a whole new world. Um, they're very efficient as you know, most know, and very little drag. So, um, really you can get on the water with, you know, a smaller sail, um, and very light winds and make it a lot of fun. You know, some of those guys in like 15 knots are hitting upwards of, you know, 28 miles an hour. It's crazy. So the foiling, um, has really taken the kite dimension to the next level. Um, and you know, a lot of kiters getting into foiling, it's, it's more and more by the day. Um, I know a lot of schools offer, offer classes and whatnot, you know, people start pulling behind a jet ski and then kind of transition into the kiting. Um, you definitely don't want to just learn both at the same time. You kind of have to separate it. You know, the kite's enough and the foil's enough as most of you have have tried and learned to conquer at one time. So putting them together at the same time is really not recommended, but, um, there's lots of schools teaching on foils these days and it's, it's catching, you know, it's taken the surf industry now by storm so yeah it's taken over when did when did foiling come on for surfing come on f1's radar when did you what was the first um, uh production year that you guys made foils and you know how long before that were you thinking about it uh probably within the past you know four or five years f1's really taken on the foil department um we have a fantastic designer um who's a really good hydrodynamics engineer and it's his true passion so um we've we hit the kite scene first, you know, about four years ago with our production line. Um, and then over the past two and a half, three years, we've really started to get into the surfing uh, specific foils, um, you know, just larger wings, a little lower aspect. 
Um, we've all always had a full, complete kite range. So with our setup going into the, the surfing scene was, um, you know, it was just a matter of time. And our owner, Rafael Salas of F1, is true passionate surfing. Um, so he's trying to push that discipline in all directions, whether it be with a kite or with a foil. Right um, so let's talk about your learning curve in the sport. Uh, how long have you been doing it? How did you start out? Um, talk us through the beginning. Yeah, so I actually started in Jupiter, Florida. Um, a buddy of mine named Damian Leroy was like, here's a foil, go out and try it. <laughs> I, was a, I was a decent kiter, but never touched a foil before. Um, I took it. This was this was a while ago. Uh, it was a, I think I believe it was a lift foil, actually. And um, had no clue what I was doing. I'm sure some of you are familiar with the term dolphin, like up and down. Um, I got on the thing. <laughs> it was a taller mast. It was by no means a short mast. I think it was probably 85, 90 centimeters. And it was just up and down, up and down, getting drugged down the beach. <laughs> um, I'd get a, I'd get a couple, you know, 300 yard rides and then I would just, you know, go over the front or get pulled off. Um, so it did take a while with the kite to kind of get things going. But again, the gear has come a long ways. You know, this was a very small kite wing. Um, definitely wasn't the easiest to learn on. Um, it's almost more for intermediate advanced guys, but since then they've kind of added entry level setups and shorter mass to lower your center of gravity to make learning curve a lot quicker and easier. So for me, it was kind of, here's a foil, go for it. Um, as you know, it friends, take me. as good friends like to teach people. Yeah. They were like, Here you go. <laughs> uh, and it was like, I was learning to kite all over again, you know, it was like starting over, which was kind of fun. Um, again, the Florida was just, you know, spending more time on the water. The foil really opened up that aspect with kite surfing. Um, you know, and then soon we discover the possibilities with surfing. So how did that start for you? Uh, for me, I was always a surfer. I did a little bit of sub surfing. Uh, you're good. As, you know, you I've know seen from, you sub surf. Your camp. Yeah, you're, you're, I'm all right. I'm, I'm still trying to move the board the way I want in my head, but we're, that's an ongoing work in progress. Um, so yeah, the, the sub surfing, I liked it. Um, but when we, F1 first started making foils, I did start with it on a sup. Um, and quickly I wanted to, you know, move right into a shortboard. I think I actually, it was like four years ago, I had a Tomo Evo and I literally I put a, put a box in it like the next day after I learned on a sup and was going for the shortboard, like right after that, um, board didn't hold long, but, um, you know, we're in spots like ocean beach out here in California or Bolinas or, you know, Santa Cruz spots in Santa Cruz. So, um, yeah, the, the, the curve for me going from the sup right into the shortboard. Um, I was always a shortboarder, so I wanted to be on a shortboard from the start, but it definitely helped a little bit to kind of learn on a sup, catch the wave a little earlier, um, you know, read the situation and, you know, get up and flying on a, on a larger board. It felt a little more stable for me. Um, but, you know, quickly as I progressed, you know, I really enjoyed the pumping and, you know, drawing a little more aggressive car carves. So the uh, shortboard's always where I wanted to get. Um, definitely have had a few years under my belt with the shortboard now. Um, yeah, and I enjoy it every yeah. day. I mean, it's almost bad. I haven't touched my shortboard in quite a while. What's your current setup? You're riding foil. Uh, <laughs> I use a five Oh, uh, it's about 36 liters. It's a F1 rocket board. Um, and then I have a 75 centimeter mass with either a 1400 front wing or an 1800 front wing. Um, we do make one smaller at 1200 in the surf series, but I do prefer the little bigger ones. I'm about, um, I'm like 195 pounds. 
So I'm a little bit heavier, you know, six feet tall, a little bit of the bigger guys. So I, um, I need a little more wing, but, um, but yeah, my current setup that, that 1400 is probably my go-to everyday setup. Right on. Um, I've ridden that 1400. I like it. I wish I could ride it now. You know, when I rode that wing, it was so early on in my learning curve. What I'm finding now is a lot of wings that I foil setups that I rode early on. My skill set wasn't there to generate the lift that I needed. Like I want to go back and ride some of the lift, um, foils. I want to ride the 1400 again. Um, just because I feel like some of the, the more, refined performance oriented foils are geared towards, you know, some better riders. Um, I wish yeah. the 1800 was down there when, when we were there. Cause that foil looks awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's really fantastic. Fun. I've actually been using that, um, more and more lately, uh, even on days where I should not be using it again, having a little more weight under me, I can really hang my weight over the front of the board on the bigger, bigger bumps. Uh, even when you have a lot of speed, the, the 1800 holds speed really well and still carves and performs nicely. Um, we've added a smaller, um, stabilizer. We've always had a, you know, a 300 square centimeter stabilizer on all of our foils. And the cool fact is uh, that that stabilizer is the same one we use on all of our kite foils, all of our surf foils, which is really hard to do to make all of them compatible and perform the way the designer wants with that one stabilizer. Um, this one's always had the winglets going upwards. I know there's a lot of different stabs on the market. That's just the one we've always used on all yeah. of them. And we've now introduced a couple others. Uh, one with actually no winglets, it's surf specific. And um, I've been pairing that one with a lot of my foils lately to give it a little more maneuverability. Um, you do lose a little pumping, um, but it, you know, it, I think it holds speed a little better with a little less drag. And um, it definitely makes it a little more maneuverable on the yaw axis for you to kind of more playful, tighter, snappier turns, um, just kind of pushing it to the next level. So even with the big wings with kind of an adjusting, like a smaller rear, has really played into a lot of fun. <laughs> I've, uh, again, I, like I told you, my go-to break for the mornings is usually ocean beach, Kelly's Cove, the North end. And, uh, there's like a sub break at the rocks there. And then there's like a little closeout on the inside. And I kind of catch the closeout on the inside and, you know, kick out real quick and pump out to the rollers outside. And I what's so, what size surf for a, you normally foiling? Uh, I mean, ocean beach is a notorious, like closeout wave. So it's usually, you know, chest to head high. Um, you know, two to three feet max. Uh, sometimes it can get really big, but my daily routine is not so big. Um, gotcha. Ocean Beach has a few days a year where we can tow in on the outside in some other spots. But yeah, my day to day is some smaller surf. Do you ever Ocean go down beach breaks? Do you ever go down to some of the points, um, kind of like the Santa Cruz way? Some of those uh, points I, I think would be incredible. I don't know about the kelp though. Yeah, some of some of the some of the areas have some kelp issues, uh, which you you know you find out quickly. <laughs> um, you know, I, I do like Santa Cruz, and there's some great spots, uh, but ultimately, I like to kind of go to breaks with a little more open area and not so many surfers. And you know, the foils are great. Um, we know we're all most of us are surfers, come from the surfing background, so it's nice to kind of respect everyone and not push and poke in certain areas that you don't want to be. So I try to keep it to a little more open break, a little more open water, and places where not necessarily you'd want to surf. I mean, we can make anything work right. <laughs> on these foils. They're yeah. very efficient. So usually, usually I stick to, you know, certain breaks that aren't so notorious surf spots, but yeah, there's some little hidden nooks in Santa Cruz that are fabulous. You're going to have to come out and join us one of these days. Dude, I'll do that. I would love to. I think <laughs> yeah. That would be really cool. Uh, what's the crew like out there? Is there a lot of guys doing it? It's, it's interesting to see how these, 
kind of hotbeds of, of foiling have started up. Florida seems to be lagging way behind right now. Um, you've got yeah. a lot of spots in Cali, Hawaii. What's, uh, what's the Bay area? Yeah, like? So, so California, like the Northern coast area, there's, there's a few, there's like two or three really solid spots where you can go and you'll see anywhere between two and six guys on the water. Santa Cruz has some heavy numbers. You know, obviously everyone knows Cal. Um, a lot of guys go there. Um, I don't like to go there, like I just mentioned, just because the crowds and it's just not really where you should put a foil. Right. But um, but uh, there's there's a few spots like you go down there, you'll get four or five sups normally, and then you'll get a couple of short borders. You go even further south, you'll see a couple, one or two. Um, north here in San Francisco, Ocean Beach, I don't see too many. You know, obviously it's a it's a big surf spot, but I do see a few guys at the south end down there, and um, there's a couple of spots north like Bodega or Dillon Beach which are just, you know, small surf spots and they have kind of river mouths away from the main break. And I, I'll go there and I'll see anywhere, you know, between four or six guys, usually, usually subs, not too many short boarders. Um, you know, the Santa Cruz scene a lot, bring in some more short board guys, but, um, you know, there, it is starting to grow and you do see more and more. Um, a lot of the guys out here are coming from the kiting side of things, whether it be from kite foil racing or just free ride kite foiling, um, you know, transitioning. And, and like I said earlier, the, the SUP is a great way to kind of get involved in that. If you're not a surfer from the start, it definitely helps you get out there and read the situation. Um, so yeah, it, it is growing. I do see more and more. Um, and I like it, you know, it, it's nice to see a lot of these shops offering lessons as well, like towing behind a boat or a jet ski to get the intro under control before you put the foil in the surf. If you've never foiled before. Yeah. So Th- that's been a really yeah. fun experience for me over the last couple of months. Cause we have the little, zodiac here the little rib and i've got a number of friends like the guys that i surf with here are seeing me on the foil in these flat florida conditions and they're just dropping like flies man they're ordering foils as fast as they can because they're just sitting out there doing nothing and you know foiling around it's pretty cool uh but i'm getting them behind the boat and i'm going through that learning process with them and and man you know like the way that i learned you were down there like head high kind of reef break type surf that's not the way you want to learn to foil no (laughs) No, I mean, it's fabulous. It was it was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, <laughs> there were some good moments. Yeah. There were some bad moments too. Um, yeah, you know, but like a surfer. Uh, yeah, what's that? No, no, a surfer with your background going into waves like that is good. You know, you you've you've subsurfed quite a bit, and okay. you know you've you've paid the dues. So it's not you know going into it like the way you did wasn't so bad. But yeah, there's definitely some easier breaks, and pulling behind a jet ski definitely helps. Um, you know, accelerate the learning curve. For sure. And just being able to understand lift and how the foil works. And I I think that in some regards, the more that you've surfed, the more you have these ingrained habits that are completely wrong. It takes a little while to break those habits. You know, it it does help. I I was actually, I mentioned it. I did, uh, I launched the um, Cliff from Unifoil podcast this morning. And in the intro there, I was talking about, you know, variability and learning. And I was talking about, um, kind of how you riding different boards um, allows you to to map skills. Like if you're good at one board sport, you know, it, it's like another one. And, and then I was thinking about this this afternoon while I was surfing and it's like, I see this as language, right? So there's like one form of language is board sports. And then, you you know, in the different languages you've got, you know, English is, is surfing and Spanish is snowboarding and skating's over here. And, and, once you understand the structure 
of a language. You understand how the sentences work and you understand. Then it's about learning vocabulary and it's about becoming fluid in that language. And I feel like as you learn more languages or more, you know, more, more languages within a group, um, it gets easier and easier to learn. And so I think that at the, at the beginning of the learning curve, being able to do it in benign conditions allows you to, you know, internalize those skills quicker. It, it, because when you're in consequence, you know, as, as um, flow multipliers, if you follow like Stephen Kotler, the idea that as you're in more consequential situations, that you default more to habits. You can tell when a skill has been internalized when someone's when you're training someone, you're coaching or whatnot, when they can do it in a in a in a situation that has some consequence to it because you default to your habits. Um, and so I think that in training for foiling, the more benign that you can make it, especially if you're already in board sports, the quicker you're going to be able to to assimilate those those new skills. And it's, I think it's really going to help the learning process. So you know, easy mushy Florida behind a boat yeah. all that's really good um yeah florida you have to have some killer spots there i know huguenot park oops, for the jetties up there edit that out bro <laughs> no name dropping <laughs> no, but i i know there's some spots on the right conditions that'll work really well in that area yeah man we've it's, been it's having... got, i'm surprised when i travel around florida and don't see more guys doing it. you have little nooks and crannies like you'll have north florida you'll see you you'll have some kind of middle cocoa beach area you'll see a couple but other than that, it's not really too many guys taking the foil surfing by storm. Um, I know it is shallow. I know there's a lot of sandbars, but there's ways around that. Waiting on the tides, a little shorter mass, do whatever it takes. Yeah, well, it's it's not that big of a deal to hit a sandbar compared to hitting rocks yeah. somewhere. No, some of these foils are pretty bomber these days. I know yeah. if I, if a lot of people looked at mine, they'd be like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm like, it's, all, it's, it's fine. Just wet sand it. It'll be back in action in no time. Yeah. All of my so, wingtips are sanded down from grinding on sandbars. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely a little better than that. Uh, that reef situation we have down in Costa Rica. Yeah. I know. I, <laughs> I know I hit that once or twice. Yeah. I think Chase has hit every reef uh, a couple of times down there. He's crushing <laughs> it now, man. You'd be surprised. You saw him. You saw him at the gorge, didn't you? Yeah, we actually just linked up. We had that um, AWSI, the water sports meet, the Hood River trade show last week. Um, all the major brands from the industry were there. It was mainly wind focused, uh, but you know all the all the foil guys were there. I know MSC was there, uh, Nash Slingshot, F1. Uh, you know that people would know from the surfing. I know GoFoil was there as well, um, and then a couple of the kite brands offer foils as well. So it was a really great scene, uh, bringing out releasing all the next year's products. Um, and I saw Chase, he was there for the sup race and the, you know, the gorge paddle challenge and the downwind event. Yeah. So did you get to do some is, downwinders while you were down there? So I, I did, um, I did it a little different. These guys were all doing it from Viento coming down. I actually, um, the wing, the wing foiling has taken by storm and I actually had a, one of our teammates, uh, Tituan Galia in town, um, and we did a little upwind on the wing to the hatchery and did some downwinding. So that was a lot of fun on my little five foot shortboard, a little bit bigger wing. Um, it was fantastic. Those guys were doing it on um, paddle boards. They had a couple of small like rocket subs. And uh, I know they were using some F1s, got some new higher aspect wings in the works. And I know they were testing some of those. Um, man, they're, they're, the way they read the energy and find energy is it's impressive. I've got a lot to learn in the downwinding aspect. Um, um, I was catching a couple and running them like left, like I was surfing the wave and 
I got Tito one over my shoulder yelling at me like, no, stop it. Go straight. <laughs> and I'm like, I just want to surf it and rip some turns. And you know, the downwinding definitely takes a little different skill set and reading of the, the energy underwater. So uh, I still have a lot to learn, but I definitely got my first dabble in true downwinding and oh boy, it was on another planet. Right on. Ch- Chase just posted a video of him foiling and following Tituan, Tituan, um, who was who was foiling in front of him, and and he was just ripping turns. It, it looked incredibly fun. Maybe want to get yeah. out there. Oh my gosh, those guys—they make it look fantastic. I know Chase even came and grabbed a kite for a day and went for a kite pull as well. He's he's uh, running a marathon down there. All the sports. Man, so let's talk about the the wing. What do you call the the hand kite, the swing wing. What, what do you guys call that? Yeah, so our F F one model is called the swing wing. The swing wing. Um, the swing where does that wing. come from? Where's do you know where that name comes from? Uh, so the, the kite wing. Um, whew, there's probably a lot of history on this, um, but it. Long story short, it comes from. Um, you know, they had like a hard wing uh, on the snow on lakes. You know, they they use like a hard structure, almost like a windsurfing wing. Um, and they would use them on the ice. You could Google it and you'll see lots, lots. It has, it's nothing new. Um, you know, the concept's been around for quite some time now. Um, recently, you know, for F1 actually, um, just recently started designing these, um, last fall, which is not too long ago at all. Um, and with our, our kite surfing and, uh, production background and you know what we already have in play it's using the same materials as kites and bladders you know same as kites um and with the capabilities of our designer who is a high-end you know he came comes from a paragliding and hang glider he's a world champion and a fabulous designer robert graham um it was relatively quick that f1 put this to market um and we have quite a nice design um, it looks so good the sport has yeah the sport's been you know progressively getting more popular especially on the internet you see a lot of guys using them for various things um, I know originally our owner Raf went to Cabo Verde to test some of these wings like in last fall and they got offshore with it on foil and realized that, holy smokes, this is, this is, they're onto something. It's a very magical piece of equipment. Um, not only for just, you know, sailing or, uh, foiling, but also to go to free fly mode and just towing into waves. So I actually, I actually didn't learn to use these too long ago. Um, I was in Mauritius two weeks ago um, for a distributor meeting. And, uh, Raf was like, come on, Billy. I was a little reluctant coming from the kite surfing side of things. And I'm a big surf foiler. I'm like, no, you know, it's okay. You know, I wasn't Jones into it. I'm not coming from a windsurfing background. So in my head, it kind of looked like a, like a wind windsurfing. Um, so Raf got me on it. I was using a little larger volume board, about a 105 liter board. Uh, it was a seven foot and, he, you know, first couple goes, it took me, you know, it took me an hour and I was up and riding, but it, during that hour, hour was a little frustrating, but any good, um, you know, kite foiler can, or, or foiler in general can learn very, very quick, especially surf foilers, um, with a little few pointers with the wing, you know, you're up and flying. So anyways, let, he had me up and going in a couple hours. Oh, sorry. What were you saying? I was going to say, let's go through those pointers. I mean, I, I am trying to get my yeah. hands on this as soon as possible. I'm hoping that having you on the show puts me a little bit higher up on that list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to get um, a wing in your hands for sure. I know Nate's been bugging me as well. So we got to, we got to push it. You surf foilers. It's, it's amazing. It's like another level of towing anyway. Yeah. So a little bit of the pointers just getting started. You know, I didn't the, holding the wing is key. Um, there's, 
all the wings, you know, throughout the various companies are different. Ours is a very light, very rigid concept. Um, it kind of has, does it feel like a kite down, down the strut? Um, no, it feels more like a wing in your hands. Okay. <laughs> so you, you, um, you know, for the guys who have windsurfed in the past and familiar with, you know, holding a wishbone and, you know, pulling the sail in and letting it out to generate, you know, energy, um, you, a wing is different. You need to realize that it is a wing and you fly it like a wing. Um, first things first is the grip. Um, the wing, you know, just describing it, uh, is going to have a leading edge that's inflated and a single strut down the center. Um, it's going to have loops, you know, four of them, three or four of them down the center. And it's going to have one loop on the leading edge. This is like a, you know, a tough Dacron material. It's almost like a handle. Um, F1 does have a little lighter design throughout the industry, which I, in a deeper profile, which I think is played in our favor, um, especially in the light wind days. Um, I mean, originally everyone thought these things were going to be just for high wind, but that is really not the case. Um, you know, with the right board, you can be up and riding in 10 to 12 knots with a larger size wing. Um, but anyways, a couple of the pointers. So after I described it a little bit there, that, that front handle is like our free fly handle. So you're going to hold it in like a downwind position when you want to just surf or no tension from the wing. You just want to like tow yourself into the wave and then you drop into the free fly mode and you are just surfing the wave. So at first I was holding the wing there and the back of it. And I'm like trying to get it to work like a windsurfing sound. I'm like, this is not going to work. Um, so after a few pointers, um, you really need to have your hand positioned in the proper area. So like on the strut, there's the top handle towards the leading edge and then one at the very back. There's one in the middle where you can walk down to the back one. Um, so you really need to hold those two handles. There is a proper grip to it. Some do like an under on the front and an over grip on the back, kind of like a, from the windsurfing, you know, that's kind of a habit from there, or they go both hands the same direction, like an over grip. Um, key for me to learn was keeping that top arm really straight and above my head. I kept keeping it low and forward and the wingtip kept catching on the water, you know, and the wing kept, you know, flopping down, um, and really, you need to realize that the wing, you need to keep it above your head. You need to keep the leading edge flying up and forward with that top arm straight to really generate the speed and the lift to get you up on foil. So the more you fly it above your head and keep that arm straight on the top and then the backhand, you're going to be pulling the trailing edge in. You're kind of fighting the trailing edge, you know, in and out, kind of pumping it for power. I know there's some videos of some guys doing deep water starts on shortboards these days. And you'll see there is a lot of technique into getting up and flying. So are you actually, um, l- l- let me, let me kind of, I'm processing this and now I have not done this. So this is a very layman's you. attempt. Yeah. 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 But the leading edge is somewhat into the wind. Is that correct? And then you're almost holding the wing. You said above your head to where it's almost generating lift up. So it's actually pulling you out of the water a little bit too, not just forward. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and look, I've watched that video of you popping up on the shortboard. And thinking about it as a wing and not a sail changes changes the way you think about it, doesn't it? Yeah, you can kind of see how I fly it above my head. Yeah, and keep the wing almost straight straight forward up into the wind window. So it's basically I'm I'm trying to kind of I, I choke the trailing edge a little bit, kind of pulling it in, and then that's gonna want to accelerate the wing forward, getting me out of the water. You still need to go on a perpendicular angle, so you can't go straight downwind. To get up and going, you even on your uh, board, uh, you still want to get up. You can veer downwind a little bit, but you still need to go side to side to kind of move forward and come up on foil. Um, 
you know, the learning curve for this is not, it's not going to take long. Um, for the guys who've been foiling and kiting, maybe a couple hours. Uh, for the surf foilers, they kind of fall into that category who maybe have never kited, might take a little bit longer. Um, and even the, the suppers, I've had a lot of guys, sup surfers call and say, hey, you know, is this for us? Um, and I'm like, foil or no foil? I mean, yes. You know, the wing has really opened up a whole new area, um, not only for towing into waves on a foil or, you know, sailing on a foil, but also, you know, the guys, you, you could totally use them on a sub board. Um, it's kind of kite surfing. There's a lot of barriers, uh, it's, you know, the overhead up front, the lessons, the safety, um, you know, it's a big process. Um, and the windsurfing is a lot of gear. So the guys that have already been foiling and surfing, the wing is like another tool just to get you where you want to go, whether you're surfing waves or you're doing downwind, it's, it's just an addition, you know, there's a time and a place and, um, it's, it's quite fun. Um, it is doable, you know, for almost all levels. Um, and and it's safe, hundred percent safe. You're just wearing a wrist leash and at any time you can just let go and everything stops. You know, the thing's just going to trail behind you. I think who made me laugh the other day. I saw I saw a comment from Brian Finch at Foil the World <laughs> online. There's a video of Tituan just letting go of the wing and he's still like surfing downwind. And I think Brian was like, "Oh, this reminds me of uh, walking the yo-yo or something like that." <laughs> made made me laugh. But it is safe. You know, it's it's a very nice entry level into the wind sports for the guys who have never tighted or windsurfed, uh, especially for all these spoilers. It's you know I find it as a mandatory piece. I I can't get enough of it. I. I know it sounds bad, but I haven't even kited. I went to Hood River for two weeks and I didn't kite once. <laughs> I, was, I was wing foiling the whole time. That's crazy. Foiling's taking yeah. over. Um, could you start on the beach with it? Is it kind of like kiting where you can go out and you can you practice on the beach, or you pretty much need to be moving with the wind for it to to get the uh, the feeling of it? No, the beach is great, and I've been meaning to kind of do some you know video to show the like how to hold the wing you know, just on the beach, we, you know, it's nice to get a, get a, the person learning on the beach, holding the wing, kind of feeling the power of what it can generate, you know, and you're moving their arms, their top arm straight and their back arm, you're kind of pulling the trailing it in and out and you kind of feel the wing, you know, want to like pull you. Um, so starting on the beach with proper hand position is key. Um, and I think will definitely accelerate things as well. Um, and then also learning, you really need uh, the proper board. Um, I know everyone sees videos of you guys doing sinker boards. It is, <laughs> it's, it's not as easy as it looks. Um, but you know, you need to learn on the proper volume board. I know our owner Raf says, you know, your weight in kilograms equivalent to volume is a good reference. Um, I know you're heavy into the sub surfing yeah, and the same thing. I'm not sure what your standard sub board is, but that would be like a perfect, you know, probably what 85 liters, 80 liters for you. Yeah. Um, for me, for, for me, 90 was perfect. And, you know, you, you kind of go from the beach, feeling the power straight onto the, the board. Um, and you're going to want to like get on your, your knees and hold it the same way you were holding it on the, on the land to kind of generate speed. And you want to get going perpendicular to the, to the wind. So you should you do it on straight, a straight downwind? Should you do it on a standup before you throw it on a foil? No, I mean, you could do it on a standup. Um, you know, like I said, the guys are calling and asking, you know, can I go downwind on my race board? I don't see why not. Um, but truly, you know, the, the wing is magical on a foil. Sure. Um, and you're, you know, the, on just a regular standup, you might not be able to go up wind very well at all. I'm just talking um, about for learning six, for your first session you, out there. Is it better to go out on like on a big longboard standup or just take the foil out right away? For the guys who don't have much foiling experience. Like, like yeah. me, like me, I, 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 well, no, I mean, I, I foil a lot, but I don't kite. You have don't lots have of any, foiling experience. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea. You could totally do it just to kind of get the feel of how it's going to pull. And okay. then you'll quickly progress within, you know, one or two times, you know, downwind down the beach. You'll quickly put your foil on your board and go for it. Like for you, you would just start with your, your standard shortboard, you know, surfboard with your foil, um, yep. your, whatever you're comfortable with. And um, just kind of you'll start on your knees. And then as soon as you start to gain board speed and moving forward, you'll go right to your feet. And by then you'll feel like you can lean back a little bit. Like the wing will have a little wind in it. It'll um, you'll be moving forward and you'll have a little more stability. You know, you know how it is when you're, when you're a subsurfer, when you're standing still on some of those low volume boards, you sink quick, you know, it's hard. That's, it's hard to balance. You know, they usually are underwater has a little different stability versus floating on top of the water. But um, you know, having a board with, with volume is kind of key to get going with this. Okay. With the wing. Yeah. Um, Oh, I just lost my train. Oh, so in some of the videos and how you're starting, you know, there's this situation like when you're pulling someone behind the boat and they start leaning away from the boat and then the boat pulls them up over. You tend to have that fall where the foil kicks out and you're getting pulled over top of it by the rope. Is it similar when you're starting on the wing foil where it wants to pull you kind of over your toes and the board's kind of going the other way? Or or is that a fall that's not common in with the swing wings? No, it, it, it can happen. And yes, when I mentioned earlier, like the wingtip catching, holding the wing too low and forward, uh -huh. um, that will, that will, the wing will just stop and flip over and you'll go straight over onto the wing or just straight over the handlebar sort of feeling. So yes, that can happen. Okay. Um, as far as with the foil, um, not, not too much. Um, it, it does happen as you start to learn to tack and jive and like, meaning like veer downwind and change direction or carve upwind and change direction. Mm -hmm. um, but going straight, um, you know, reaching on foil, um, you're going to, it's going to be more issues of just kind of controlling the wing. You're going to be in a little more conservative feeling from the start. You're going to want to kind of, you might not be at your normal high foiling level or going full speed. You're just going to be kind of taking it easy, getting a feel of what this wing does. Um, our wing, another really key feature is just that it's very, very rigid and very stable. So it's not doing anything crazy while it's flying, which makes it things a lot easier. Um, also mentioned earlier, the weight's very light. This is also nice for kind of the lighter wind conditions. And um, I see guys getting on these and, you know, like anywhere, you know, easily in 10 knots. No problem. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, when, do yours, uh, when do yours come out? So we have had the first production. Um, it's already landed. Um, and they're all sold out. I know we have a waiting list right now, um, but we're getting them as soon as possible. We're probably going to get a shipment a month. I know we're anticipating at least, you know, 50 or so coming to the United States here within the next couple of weeks. So I know we have a lot of pre-orders to fill, so that should take care of most of those. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something I really encourage everyone to try, uh, whether you're for it or against it, it's, it's nice to check it out and kind of try something different. I got to get you on it for no kiting. That's, it's going to be your gateway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just want it for the uh, the poor man's e-foil. I just want to be able to tow into waves. And we've been surfing all these waves that um, there are some pretty long pumps back out. It might be more fun to be under power on the way back out. Yeah, so that's that's the real magic in those the free fly mode. So back to the Mauritius story. I was there a couple weeks ago, learned quite quick, took me about an hour or two was up and going, dropped down from a seven foot down to a five ten really quick. The five ten was eighty liters, eighty, eighty five liters. 
So it was a wing specific board, which F1 is coming out with a complete line here very soon. You know, shorter, stubbier models starting at 5.0 to 5.10. Most guys doing straps uh, with that? Uh, no, no straps no. on these. I, I know a lot of guys have asked for straps. Um, some of the guys that are using straps are using some of our pocket series kite boards for that um, or just installing straps on their own. Um, truthfully, I've been riding all strapless. I have not done the straps yet. Um, I've always been a strapless fan, whether it's kite coiling or surfing. Um, I do see a lot of guys jumping, which is why they're putting straps on, um, let you take a little more control of the foil, but I have not got there yet. Um, but back to kind of where I was going as I was in Marisha a couple weeks ago and I learned quick and I got down to this 510 and Raph's like, all right, let's go. And there's a wave Manawa, which is a little softer. It's a, you know, a big rolling kind of a left. Um, it was, I, we, we reached all the way out, kind of turned around. I caught my first wave, held the front handle and you know, free fly mode and was just, Oh, I was like, Holy, Holy smokes. I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm surfing it and you don't feel any tension from the wing. Um, and I, you know, I rode it all the way in and kind of kicked out the back pumped a little bit and then just picked the wing back up. Cause I had enough board speed to where I was still flying, um, picked the wing back up and just sailed right back out and did it again. And I realized right then that I was like, Oh my gosh, the possibilities for this is just endless. That's so sick. Once you're up, how much wing do you need to maintain? Is there a big difference between how much wing you need to get up and then how much wing you need to, to fly? Cause in the future, maybe it's something where you like you paddle in and then you're up and then you've got this really easy agile wing that you can uh, fly around on. Yeah. So I've seen a couple guys. I know one of our F1 guys in South Africa, Matt uh, Maxwell has, he's paddled in just pulling the wing with like a leash behind him and, popped up and then grabbed it and kicked out because it really wasn't enough to deep water start on a small board. Um, but for the amount, like the size, uh, just for example, like a sinker board, like a five Oh or short board, you know, low, lower volume, which my short boards by no means that low volume. I mean, 36 liters is pretty nice. Um, yeah. but you know, I've been using the four two size wing. So it's 4.2 square meters. If you measure the canopy flat, and that's what I've been using in 25 to 30 miles per hour, deep water, starting my shortboard. Um, it also kind of the board size is a big factor. So if I didn't have to deep water, start a board and get it up out of the water planing, and I was using a sup volume board or, you know, just, a you know, 80 to hundred liter board, you can kind of ride the board itself out to the wind line and then come up with a much smaller canopy. So it depends on your board size and it also depends on the wind. Um, most of the guys are using like a three, five, four, two or five Oh right now. Uh, the four, two has definitely been the most popular size, you know, getting on the water on like a, you know, a board with a good generous volume in 15 miles per hour, 15 to 18, you know, getting up and flying. But once yeah. you're up and flying, you really, you really don't need much. You know, we all know these are very efficient. There's no drag from most of these foils. Um, you know, and, and a, lot, a lot of the guys can pump some of these larger wings up flat. So, um, the, the amount of wing you can definitely, you know, back off. I know our, our rider Tituan was just in Maui for a couple of weeks and then in Hood River, and he's literally traveling with one wing. He has a three, five. So F1 makes, uh, anything from a two, uh, to two, eight to a three, five, four, two, five, Oh, and then a six, Oh, is soon to come. So I think we do have some larger sizes that other brands are not offering at this time. Um, but anything is possible. You know, as I mentioned earlier, the, the everyone thought these things were going to be for high wind only, but that is truly not the case. I could see you rocking your subboard in Florida and, you know, when you see some of those guys kiting in 15 miles an hour, no problem. 
Yeah. I'm looking forward to that, man. That's going to be insane. Yeah, I know. I plan on making a trip to your neck of the woods here in November, doing an F1 demo tour, um, you know, down the West Coast, across Texas, down around the bottom of Florida. We usually do that at the beginning of November. Um, so we'll be doing a tour. It will be for kiting and foil surfing. Um, we're definitely going to have to make a couple stops in your area to do some wing demos. Yeah, that'll be fun, man. Um, all right. So something else I wanted to talk about. And I appreciate all that. I'm, my mind is spinning on the, the, yeah. the wing wing now. I'm going to let that marinate for a bit. Is what foiling does to surf trips. Have you thought about that a whole lot? Have you been thinking about, you know, how foiling is going to change the landscape of surfing? I have. Um, what are your thoughts? Like when we came, when we came to visit you, um, you know, like I mentioned, I'm a, I enjoy sub surfing. I don't do it a tremendous amount, but I do. I do it often. Um, F1 does make sub surf specific boards. So I, you know, I enjoy riding them sometimes, but when the foil came into play, you know, I always added it to my travel bag, um, along with my shortboard. Um, I believe the dimension of bringing the foil to all these trips, you know, you don't always score. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to certain areas, whether it be, you know, Nicaragua, Ecuador area, or, you know, even just North America up and down the West coast. And, the amount of days that are not perfect for your shortboard, it really, the foil opens up a whole new area. Like we look at small choppy short period or crap surf a whole different way. When you have that in your quiver of, you know, boards to ride, it really opens up all those days and makes them all, I mean, I've never been so excited about a crappy day. Um, I'm sure you kind of have similar feelings, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really opened up a whole new whole new idea of what when when we go surf and when most of the time you wouldn't even think about yeah. it you wouldn't even think twice i mean how often do you think about shortboarding now versus well, how often do you shortboard you said it was been a while yeah it's been a while i haven't taken my shortboard out in probably two months two three months now and before then it's been quite a while i mean the foiling i i, t- I tend to take it out in just about everything now even when i have no business being on a foil but it's just the the thrill and the amount of time you can spend while surfing or flying and, um, you know, drawing the lines you want, it's just really opened up a whole new way of, of doing things. And it's just, I, I can't get enough of it personally. Um, I, I can't you know, either. I was a, yeah. Yeah. Go, go ahead. I was a, I I was a, I'm a solid, you know, I was a solid, solid surfer, um, decent on a sup. Uh, but man, the, the foiling is just nothing, nothing like that just the amount of speed you can get and the length of rides, not to mention the pumping, the linking waves, you can get really creative and draw some lines that you never thought would be possible. That that's part of what's blown my mind lately is the, the game of connecting, you know? So like you get to do all the surf turns, which are fun and, and you get to do them without losing speed. So that's incredible. But then you get this whole new skate park, of you know small wedges and banks when you're when you're pumping back out and that's kind of what i've been freaking out on lately is just exploring all that like today i had this section where i was you know kicked out of one and i was pumping caddy corner across from a right to a left that was oncoming with way more speed than i'd ever have coming at that section from the angle that i was coming at um and you know, you hit that and then all of a sudden you're on the left and then you're on the right again and you've had, you know, a good surf session in a minute and a half 
<laughs> you know, yeah, you're like nuts. You're like, all right, well, that was worth it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah just banking turns into the oncoming sections. It's just, you know, at first, F1 started with a smaller wing. We started with a, our first surf wing was like actually like a thousand square centimeters and a twelve hundred, and that was our version one. Um, and since then, we've only gotten bigger, and a lot of the industries always been quite large wings. So for us, we've been basically playing catch up, going larger and larger and larger. But now a lot of the guys are kind of going back towards the smaller wings because they're learning how the foils work and how to, you know, find and read the energy and to really, you know, keep them flying. So a lot of guys are going even smaller now. And, you know, as I've heard in your previous shows, you know, a lot of the guys are going higher aspect as you've talked. And, you know, I know we plan to go that direction, but man, the, the smaller wings, the turns you're able to achieve are just insane. Yeah. You know, what I've just figured out, um, and this is through watching a, um, a Kiahi video not too long ago, was he was riding the, the NP medium in a small day at, somewhere on Nemotu, I assume. And it was pretty small. And I think he does, it's like a minute and a half, two minute video. And I think he does one pump on a knee high wave the whole time, but he's keeping the foil moving the whole time. And the light bulb just went off and I was like, wait a second. I was like, I mean, I know that turns let you go faster that, you know, you feel that, but if you just are endlessly turning, you're just creating so much speed. And so since kind of breaking that down and, and studying that a little bit, that's been my goal in, in almost every session is just to get my speed through turning. And that's starting to take shape now. And now, you know, I can ride that, that medium wing because I have that one um, in like knee high gutless surf and kind of not have to pump it because you can generate so much speed. It's just like, it's, it's, it's things that you don't think about in surfing. It's not like in surfing, you can go out there and just continually turn because there's, you're just slowing down the whole time. You have to generate speed on a surfboard to go turn, but on a foil, you can turn to generate speed. And that takes a while for your mind to shift. Yeah. And how to use, you know, use the wave and where to place your foil and where to be on the wave. Oh, I think the other day, actually, I did get on my shortboard and I just outran the thing right off the bat. And I was like, all right, you are thinking about riding a foil. You need to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but yeah, it's, it's opened up a whole new dimension. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to a lot of other, you know, a lot of surfers really transitioning into it and giving it a go. Um, there's a lot of clean, easy ways to learn, you know, as mentioned and oof. I can't believe more people haven't tried it as now, but they're going to try it and they're going to realize that this is, this is next level. This is where I want to do. Yeah. It's interesting if you compare it to the stand up thing. Um, and there's a lot of advantages where I lived. I, you know, I loved stand up and the, and the reason why was access to waves, more ride time, surfing waves with nobody around. A lot of the same things that makes foiling awesome stand up, um, also, you know, hit those same points. Um, the difference is though, that surfing hated stand up, And so, the sport, the growth of the sport, you know, was, was seriously hurt by the fact that it was never welcomed into the surfing world. You know, maybe right at the beginning, you had Rob Machado, Joel Tudor, all those guys were on them. But then something happened and, you know, the surf industry lost the battle to the windsurf companies. Who knows what happens? And then then uh, it was it was pretty over, over pretty fast um, from a surfing, like a mainstream surfing standpoint. Foiling is completely different. Like you're seeing all the top guys posting videos of them on foils like Michelle Perez over in Tahiti right now during the, the WSL event, he's posting videos, shooting the tower out there and stuff. I mean, so you're not going to see that backlash. So I think the sport is, it, it hits all these things that, that make it, 
you know, once you can do it, a lot more fun in many more conditions. Um, so I think it's going to be really adopted by the surfing world. It's going to be interesting to see what the landscape looks like in five years and 10 years because of that. Yeah, it's moving so fast. Um, like, you know, just in the past couple of years, the, the progression of the gear and the just the technical aspect is just it's it's growing and growing and growing. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. I know we have a lot of good things in the pipeline, you know, to continue our range. Um, F1's had a complete range of foils, you know, since the beginning. So I uh, with all the other toys, you know, in the wing included, it's just. What does More your market time. share look like foiling versus sup versus kiting? How how much has foiling taken up of the market share over the last couple of years? Probably from 0% surfoiling, you know, a few years ago to It's 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 growing very quick. Um yeah. for sure. Uh the surfoiling aspect for us the kite foiling has really really blown up over the past couple of years just cuz we've had a complete offering and um, the surf foiling, I see it growing. I still see it has a ton of potential as far as tapping into like certain surf shops and certain surfing areas in California, which it has not yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know, you know, Hawaii is just crushing it on another level. And I think everyone's kind of catching up to that. Um, and I see it growing quick as far as the percentage. Um, it, it has grown over the past years. It, I don't think it's where do we want it yet, but I know it's, it has the potential to do so like the specific surf category. Um, F1's background, you know, it's always been kind of wind sports and, and foiling and our, our sup has definitely dropped off a little bit um, just because of the foils. I, I think, you know, the sup was a tool that you used uh, to really spend more time on the water and make the most out of smaller, you know, right. less, you know, less, you know, lesser conditions. Um, but the foil has really, really, really opened the door to a lot of areas. So I see it just kind of exploding over the next couple of years, especially with like the wing and whatnot. And I, I can't wait. Yeah, man, it's gonna be fun to watch just all the companies, you guys, everybody else pushing gear and competing on that. And hopefully the, uh, surfers, all of us benefit from that. Yeah, I know everyone will tremendously. Um, a lot of guys are being open-minded. Like you were saying, a lot of the pro surfers, um, I've seen more and more just going for it. Uh, we get calls every day from surfers and sub servers are like, Oh, do you think I could just learn? And, you know, with a little proper instruction and a little pointers in the right way, it's, it's possible for anybody. Yeah. Oh, one thing I want to touch on before is we're winding this thing down. Um, you guys sponsor Poonike, Rayoha. And yeah. And he has been, I think he is one of the, just most incredible athletes in the paddle surfing scene. And it looks like he's just started foiling and you can see the progression in his videos. Anyone out there who's not following Poonike yet, follow him, find him on, on Instagram. You know how to spell Poonike so people can find him. Yeah. So it's Po P O E uh -huh. N A I K I Poonike Rioja. Yep. yep. Uh, let me find his Instagram handle here for you and we can just, yeah. So, so anyways, it's, uh, yeah, it's R A I O H A Po Nike Rioja underscore one, two, five. And yeah, he is go. just ripping insane turns on these things. And he hasn't he been actually, doing it that long. Has he? No, he just got his foil from us in March, Dude, end of the, March at the Santa Cruz paddle fest here this past March. And he grabbed one here while he was in the States, took it back to Edie with him. And man, he was, he is ripping turns like, like true surfing turns. Yeah. And it's very impressive to watch. So I highly recommend you go check him out on Instagram. 
he's he's just he's trying to blow the tail out on a foil. <laughs> he's doing it. I've seen it. Yeah. Um. I I think like if you look at him in the small wave sub surfing game, he's probably the most technical surfer there is. You could argue that point with Zane, um, some of those other guys, but I mean he's tremendous and, and extremely efficient. Extremely, yeah, insanely. And so I think that that's going to translate incredibly well like that mapping that language map we were talking about before i think that's going to translate incredibly well into foiling and i think he's going to be like one of the best guys if he's not already but over the next couple of years it'll be fun to watch that yeah totally he's taking it to the next level also guys like uh patrice chancy in tahiti mm-hmm. some of the man i think he posted a picture today he was towing in to a they had a good swell over there on a thousand like a kite wing like guys are going smaller and smaller it's just insane and that guy, usually all you see is barrel pictures on a sup. And um, man, his foiling game is so strong. He was riding like endless floatering Chopu the other day, I believe. Yeah, yeah that's the shot. That just seems like a bad idea to me, man. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> that's the opposite end of the spectrum. We're talking about making the most of fun, sloppy conditions, and he's out there and on another level. Yeah. Right on. What do you want to leave folks with? I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. No, I appreciate you guys all taking the time. You know, if you ever want to learn more, you know, about F1 products or uh, just foil surfing, I want to pick my brain about the wing. You can always shoot us an email at info at bayareakitesurf.com. You know, we really appreciate you guys having us on the show. And what's your Instagram handle? Ackerman Billy, A-C-K-E-R-M-A-N-B-I-L-L-Y, one word. Right on. And if you get a chance to uh, go to one of the demos and meet and hang out with Billy, uh, he's a solid, solid dude. You'll have a good time for sure. Uh, you should take them. You should, you should do it. So man, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Let's do this again in six months or so. Yeah. Thanks again, guys. Have a great day. All right. You there? Yeah, I'm here.